0: Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton.
1: Matthew chapter 19. I'm not going to read all of that, but I'm going to just start at verse 3. And while you're still turning, I'm going to go ahead and start reading. So, uh, verse 3 says, The Pharisees also came to him, being Jesus, testing Jesus, and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? Now, There's always more to a question when somebody asks the question, so you have to read between the lines. Because a lot of times when people come to you and they ask you a question about how to change things and what's going on, you always have to read between the lines. Now, notice they said just for any reason. So these guys were coming to Jesus asking not really a question about divorce. They were really asking if Jesus would condone leaving for any reason. So you have to read between the lines. This is less about divorce and more about them wanting to do what they wanted to do, but stay married. See, it's just like in the world today. Come on, there's no difference. People want to go out and do everything they want to do, but they want to stay married. (laughs) Okay. All right. Y'all might not know what I'm talking about. Y'all don't know anybody like that. I know it. I know it. I know. Is that you? Okay. Okay. All right. So this is more of a question about these men wanted to do whatever they wanted to do. Now, listen, you got to listen to the way Jesus responded to this question. Listen to this. It says. And he answered Jesus and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning? Somebody say in the beginning is the word made, which is the same Hebrew word asah. And that word asah goes right back to Genesis when he said, and he let us make man, make asah. Same word, but it's the Greek word. It's asah, let us make man. And I'm going to explain that to you in a minute. So he who made, who made them, the word of God, which came from God, he who made them at the beginning made them male and female. So God is not schizophrenic. God knows exactly what he made. He made them male and female. He made them that way from the beginning. And said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one. The word one is is talking about on a sexual way, just coming together as one, one flesh. So then, so then, so then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. And then he goes on to say, they said to him, why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? So now they're going back to an Old Testament reference to what Moses did, because Moses did give them a certificate of divorcement. So they're saying, well, if Moses did it and he was your prophet, then then why can't we just do that today? Now, you got to watch the response of Jesus again. (laughs) He said Jesus to them. Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts. It didn't have anything to do with the word. It had everything to do with what the people wanted to do. So in other words, Moses got sick and tired of them. Say, if that's what you want to do, have it your way like Burger King, baby. So now this is what Jesus is saying. He said, because of the hardness of your heart, permitted you divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. So, therefore, we got to go back to the beginning and try to figure out what happened in the beginning. Because if you don't understand what happened in the beginning, everything in the middle can be skewed. Is this making sense at all? All right, that's all I'm going to read right there. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. I pray, Father, that you will edify and build up your people today. Let them fall absolutely in love with your word again. Because this is your love letter to us. And as we read this love letter. Father, let us just get the the deep essence of who you are in the word of God and you begin to define our lives by your word. You motivate us and challenge us on every level so that you don't leave us to be just average people. You want us to be more than average. You don't want us to be campers. You want us to be climbers. And we're not going to camp out where we are today, God. We're going to keep on climbing all the way to the top. And, Lord, we love you, we praise you, we bless you. In the name that the Hebrews call, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, we pray. Can somebody shout, amen? amen. In the Bible, in Isaiah chapter 28, there's a, there's a scripture that says, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. So when I preach the word of God, that's what I'm doing, It's precept upon precept. In other words, we're confirming the scriptures with scripture, that it's all woven together. The New Testament and the Old Testament are all woven together. And when we bring the two together, you can see what God is trying to speak. To his people. When we went to the Genesis chapter 1, it said, in the beginning, Elohim, a strong God, he bakra, he created the heavens and the earth. Now, what that means, bakra, created, the word created, bakra, is a very amazing word. What that means is that something was created from nothing. So, in other words, God, who is God, he's a powerful God, he's Elohim, he's almighty God, he took nothing and made something out of it. You getting that here? That's important to understand that. Because if you don't understand that, then you might choose to believe macroevolution. Because macroevolution says nothing took nothing and created something. And that's what they believe. That's what the scientists believe. And that's what they're just shoving down the throats of our children in school. That we came from monkeys. Evolution. Nothing took nothing and created something. Now, you've got to have more faith to believe that than to believe in the beginning God. So I'm also here to teach, because the Bible is true, whether you believe it or not. But we need to show you why it's true, not just tell you that it is. So we already got science in the picture here, because Jesus knows science, because he's omniscient, omni, all science, where we get the word science. He knows science, because Jesus created science. The reason I know this is because Jesus, knowing science, that no two objects can maintain the same space at the same time. We remember that in science, right? So no two objects can maintain the same space at the same time. So Jesus told his disciples, it's expedient for you that I go. Because Jesus, being in human form, he can only be in one place at one time. He said, but if I go, I'm going to send the promise of my father who can be everywhere at one time. That's because he knew science. See, the Bible does not disprove science. Science proves the Bible. If you get the true science and not what the scientists want you to believe. Hello, somebody. Now, if you choose to believe that you came from monkeys, that's your business. And if you want to swing by your tail, that's also your business. I'm just giving you truth right now. So the word bakra, God created something out of nothing. Now, I can confirm this with the word of God. This was in the Old Testament. But do you want a New Testament reference to confirm this? Is that OK if I can confirm the Bible? So can you go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 3? Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 3. I'm going to go ahead and start reading while you turn there for the sake of time. Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 3. This is a New Testament confirmation. It says, by faith. Somebody said, by, by faith. By faith, we understand. By faith, we understand. We do not have blind faith. I don't have blind faith. I know in whom I believe. You should know in whom you believe. I believe in God, the Father, Jesus Christ, his Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe that I was created for a divine purpose. I don't believe that I came as a matter of materialism, and somehow we just evolved, and then when we die, we just cease to exist. I don't believe that. I believe that we do have a divine purpose. I believe that God has given us uh, many unalienable rights, uh, like our Constitution says in the preamble, and that these rights came from a creator. We don't endow ourselves. You can't endow yourself. Only a sovereign can endow you. And if you are created, you can never be more than the creator. If if you created a clay pot and you just take a pottery class, you can make it beautiful, you can paint it red, it's gorgeous, you put it up on your shelf, but that clay pot would never be greater than the creator. Hello, somebody. It would be like the clay pot looks at you and say, who are you up in here? See, sometimes we treat God like that. Who are you to regulate my life? (laughs) Tell me how I should be living. Okay, y'all didn't like that part. Okay. See how quiet y'all got? Okay, since you're quiet, I'm going to keep digging. You'll learn that if you just do a good amen, I'll move on. But when you get quiet, I dig. So since you didn't give me a good amen, let's keep on digging. So by faith, we understand that the worlds, the world's eternity, the eons, were framed or perfectly fit together by the word of God. We know this by faith. So that, check this out, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which were visible. So in other words, God took nothing, that you could not see, and created something that you could. Hello, somebody. It's just like when you get saved. You got saved. You was just a nothing, void, empty, nothing going on. You got saved, and God put you in a place where people knew you. It's like you was nothing, and then you became something. He gave you a platform. You're preaching. You're doing different things. You got your ministry. You got your business. You would have never been in that meeting if God had not placed you there. Is this making sense at all? So the biblical view, this is the Christian view. This is my view. I'm not trying to put my views on you. I'm just giving you truth. You have to sort out how you're going to live. Nobody can make you live right, not even God. You have to decide. You have to choose to live right. Every day, we all have choices to make. Every day, we can choose to live in righteousness or unrighteousness. We can choose to live holy or unholy. We have a choice every day. We can choose to forgive or be bitter. It's our choice to make. The devil is not going to make that choice for you. You make it. Now, you can yield to the devil just like you can yield to God. But the onus and the responsibility is on the individual. I am so sick and tired of hearing Christians talk about the devil made them do something. I don't understand how can you be so empowered with the Holy Spirit and then you're saying that the devil made you do something. That is a blatant lie. The devil doesn't make us do anything. We do it because we want to. Because every man is drawn away. Go to the book of James, read the book of James, the whole book of James. And the book of James teaches us that every man and woman, it says man, but it's not gender bias. It says man, mankind, man and woman. Praise God. I had to put the women in there. (laughs) Every man is drawn away, not by the devil, not by God. Every man is drawn away by what? His own lust and enticed. So if you're hungry, you're eating. (laughs) See, see, Randy, let me put Randy in this again because Randy is a hunter and he's a fisherman. So Randy, understand, how many other fishermen we got in the house? How I many, no other fish? We don't have nobody. Oh, we got another fisherman here. Got a fisherman right over there. Y'all need to get with Randy, because Randy knows where all the fish are. You come home with a hundred fish. Hey, line. Y'all need to go with him. So Randy knows that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how sweet the bait is, it doesn't matter what color the bait is, it doesn't matter how much that bait wiggles. <laughs> if the fish aren't hungry, that fish ain't biting. See, the devil knows the bait. See, he knows what you're hungry for. He knows your appetite and whatever you're hungry for, if it's a negative, he's going to bring it. It's going to wiggle. <laughs> I just had to come back for a second. Y'all, y'all might not know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, we ain't all holy every day. Listen, Listen, I work in corporate America. I don't just get paid for the church. I work. Every day in uptown. During CIAA. No, no, no. <laughs> I ain't lying. I, I I see Spandex. I had to repent. <laughs> oh God. I mean I mean it's like I ain't no Spandex get that big. But anyway. So <laughs> all of us, every day, we have to make a choice to do what's right. Hello, did I, did I lose you? I didn't lose you, did I? Okay, I'm just being real, guys. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all better not be looking at me like y'all all that holy. Some of y'all were down there last night. So don't be jumping on me. I'm telling you, I don't have a Stephen anointing yet. I throw rocks back. So listen, so listen. So we all have to make these choices every day, right? I hope you like being in church where the pastor just can be real and just talk to you like we family. Is that all right? Like I said, I, I, you've heard enough sermons, haven't you? I'm so sick of preaching sermons. I don't, I'm, I'm through with sermons. I would just rather have a conversation and we talk, and I talk out of my heart. Amen? And so I'm talking what's real right now. All of us have to make these choices. Don't nobody walk around with a halo on. We all have to make these hard choices every day. Amen? When that coworker ticks you off and you want to slap him, you have to go to the bathroom speak in tongues and say, God, if you don't step in right now, when I get back out there, somebody is going to have that face on the wall. I'm not, I'm not talking about me, though. I'm just saying that could happen. I mean, <laughs> y'all, y'all see what I'm saying? <laughs> so y'all continue to pray my strength in the Lord. So, so the biblical view is God took nothing and made something. That's how we believe. But the atheistic view means nothing took nothing and made something. Uh, uh, okay. uh-huh. So how can nothing take nothing and make something? It's it's against science, isn't it? That's macroevolution. It would never work, never will work. So teach your kids the truth that you came from God. You didn't come from monkeys. I don't care what the history, I don't care what the science book says, they are wrong. And it's up to the parents to teach the truth. And the reason why we have so many kids who don't believe in God is because the parents never taught them the truth. I blame the parents for that. So we need to take responsibility. Don't let these school boys shove these books down your kid's throat that don't don't teach the truth. It's up to the parents to go down there and pick it. I will go with you because I'm going to stand for truth. I don't mind being persecuted, but we got to stand for the truth. The church has to stand for truth. The children are our next generation, and I want a generation of holiness and righteousness because righteousness is the only thing that exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. So the problem is not racism. The problem is sin. And if we can get the sin out and have people loving each other, then we won't have white cops killing black men. But if we're going to talk about the story, let's tell the whole story. And we won't have black men killing black men. So if we're going to talk about it, let's have the whole story. I came from a neighborhood like that. I was scared up for my life. It wasn't from the white cops. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox. So y'all know how I feel about all that. If we're going to have a conversation, let's have a balanced conversation about it. I know they're bad cops. They're bad Christians. So that, that's not, that's a miss, I, I don't care. I know they're bad people. But if we're going to have the conversation, let's have the whole conversation. I wouldn't want to live in Chicago right now as a black man. i tell you that right now. They're killing black men in Chicago. You're just walking down the street. So let's have the whole conversation. Amen? All right. So that's, that's what we need to do. I know there are bad people. And you know, and, it's, it, and you see it more because of social media and all that other stuff. And it's wrong. And there are bad cops. And there are racist cops. I do understand that. But if, if, if it wasn't for sin... So as a preacher, I don't deal with racism. I deal with sin, because we can talk about race all day long. Don't you know we have race? Race. Okay, let me. Mm. We have. I want to be nice, and don't say it. I'm gonna say it anyway. I'm going out there. I'm going out there. I'm going. I'm going. You know we have poverty pimps out there that make money off of our dysfunction. And if the cameras are not on, the clowns don't come to town. Yeah, I went out there. And if 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 people say, if the cameras are not there, certain people won't show up, even though we got a problem. All right, okay. You just happen to just fall into the right church. That <laughs> We're going to deal with issues. Let's talk about the whole story. Amen. And since I came from a neighborhood like that, and I came from a poverty-stricken place like that, I can talk about it. Rather than somebody who's never been in my hood trying to tell me what my problem is. You can't tell me my problem. And like my daddy would say, if you've never stood in my moccasins, you can't tell me how to skin my deer. (laughs) Now, I don't quite know how to explain all of that. I just know he used to tell me. And I understood that to mean that if I've never been in his shoes, then I would not understand. Is that making sense? I'm sorry. I, I just, it's, my daddy would have stuff like that and say, and you just have to try to figure things out. Y'all know, see, if you're from the country, there's a lot of stuff that people say in the country that, that you later, it take, it, you was 35 years old when you figured out what that meant. I ain't lying. You, come on now, anybody else like that? You heard stuff, your grandmama, mama, them, booking and them, and then they said, big mama, big mama would say stuff, and you said, uh-uh, and you, ju- you knew what it meant at the time, but then when you got older, you're like, man, that makes no sense whatsoever, <laughs> All right, let me get back on track here. I'm sorry. So the Bible says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. It was perfect. It was balanced. It was decent. It was organized. It was a perfect earth. But then when you read in verse two, it said, "And the earth became it became formless and void." Now last Sunday I taught you two words. You guys knew what those words were for for voided and uh, formless and void. What was the first word? Tohu, tohu and bohu. You remember that? The word formless is tohu. It's the Greek word tohu. The word void is the Greek word bohu. So for a Hebrew person, he—I'm not Greek, but a Hebrew person, because the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, a Hebrew person would say it like this, tohu wa bohu, right, which means void and formless. Tohu wa bohu. Come on, say it with me. See, now you know Hebrew. See, I went to church and I know Hebrew. So when people getting on your nerves say, don't be tohu, wabohu, (laughs) they're going to think you're speaking in tongues. (laughs) They're going to say, don't be getting spiritual on me. (laughs) Tohu, wabohu, that means void and formless. And so the earth became something. It had order and it went into disorder. It was decent and went into depravity. It was in control and it went into chaos. It had balance and then it started vacillating. It was certain and then there was ambivalence. It was just all over the place. It was dry and then it was submerged in water. So that all happened between verse 1 and verse 2. Now last week I taught you what happened it is believed that the scholars say that between verse one and verse two was when satan fell from heaven yeah. so in other words the earth was perfect then it became formless and void why because that was the period of time when satan who had a fight with the angels in heaven and he was kicked out of heaven and uh, we can prove this by luke because in in the book of luke uh, well i'm not gonna tell you let me, let me just tell you where it is okay because since we're teaching so in the in the book of luke chapter 10 verse 18 Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. So in other words, Jesus, who is the word, who was there from the very beginning. Come on, we we just learned that, right? So Jesus, who is God, he's equal to God, but he's not God. So Jesus was there and he said, I saw Satan fall. So in other words, Jesus didn't even kick Satan out of heaven. The angels did it because he saw Satan getting kicked out of heaven. So when he got kicked out of heaven in verse one, he fell to the earth. And the earth became something other than what it was created to be. Because that's what the enemy wants, guys. He wants our lives to be tohu wabohu. He wants you to be confused. He wants you to be depressed. He wants you to be chaotic in your life. He wants you to be void. He wants you to be formless. He don't want you to have a purpose in your life. Because he wants you tohu wabohu. And that's what the enemy does now. He comes into our lives a life that should have purpose, a life that should be full of life and joy. And he brings situations and circumstances to our life so that we can become void. If he did it from the beginning, he's doing it now. Tohu wa bohu. So look at your neighbors and neighbor. Don't be tohu. And don't be bohu. To confirm scripture with scripture, Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 23, you can write this down. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 23 says, I beheld the earth, and indeed it was tohu and bohu. It was without form and void. Same Hebrew word, tohu, because they work together just like Satan works together to make you not do what God wants you to do. So, last Sunday, you got to go and get the podcast to listen. I told you all about Satan, how pretty he was. Y'all remember how pretty he was? He had all those diamonds and topaz and beryl in his body. Now, this is when he was in heaven because his name was what in heaven? Lucifer. Lucifer. And that meant what? The anointed cherub. That's who he was in heaven. He was beautiful. Go back and read Ezekiel chapter 28, and you can read more about who Lucifer was. He had all of these diamonds and topaz and beryl all of these beautiful stones were in his body he also had musical instruments in his body that when the spirit of God and when the glory of God would hit him man the beautiful lights would just reflect all over heaven and he would make these sounds all over heaven some people said that he was a worship leader for heaven I can't prove that by the Bible but maybe he was and so all I know is he had these these sounds in his body that I'm sure were very uh, beautiful sounds and very melodious melodious. and so, so 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 when he fell from heaven he fell to the earth, and everything that made him beautiful made him bad. So we got diamonds now we call blood diamonds in Africa. where people are losing their lives if, to dig for diamonds in Africa. What about the music today? <laughs> Glory to God. I don't think I need to go there, right. So y'all know about the music. The Black women used to be elegant. you, you guys remember that? when you saw a black woman let me go and get ethnic for a second when you saw a black woman not not I'm not trying to be racist or anything but when you saw a black woman she had on a beautiful gown she was elegant the pictures were wholesome but but when you see yeah when you see them twerking now all you see is skin right so we went from seeing black women as elegant to seeing them what the songs call them bees and hoes. Because faith comes by hearing that's right. and whatever you put in your ears is what you believe. That's right. And whatever you listen to, that's what you speak. And whatever you speak, that's how you live. That's right. So if you hear this negativity all the time and you hear women I shouldn't respect them because all they are is this, then what do you do? You disrespect them. Hello, somebody. That's why faith comes by hearing. That's why you got to hear the word of God to negate all the negativity that you've heard in your life. We all have had bad stuff. Come on. Everybody in here has probably had something that some family member said to you that was bad. Or a neighbor or an uncle who was drunk one day and said something, or maybe even did something to you. We all have a story. And see, you may not know my story. You may see me, and I'm smiling, and I'm happy right now. But you may not know the hell that I've been through. You may not know that my wife have been through so much that that most women would have killed themselves by now. So don't look at the appearance and think that for some reason we haven't been through anything. For we have. But we chose to follow God anyway. And not be negative towards the negativity that came to us. We chose to do what, what, what Joseph said, what you meant for evil. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. See, God can turn it for good. Is this making sense at all? Okay, so, so we understand tohu wabohu. We understand that it was Lucifer who fell from heaven and the earth became bored. It was formless because of Lucifer falling from heaven. And so I want to give you some more scripture on Lucifer. Can I give you some more? You want to learn more about this guy? Okay, so turn with me to Isaiah chapter 14. Again, I'm just trying to teach you something in the word of God. We already learned. Uh, his appearance. And you can go to Ezekiel chapter 28 and read that again and listen to the podcast online to find out more about that. But Isaiah chapter 14, I want to show you what happened to Lucifer, because the question is, what would cause a celestial being so beautiful to rebel? Now, if you're already in heaven, and this is the question I have to ask you guys, because sometimes it may not make, make sense unless I bring it home the North Carolina English. So you got to ask yourself, Why would such a celestial being who was in the presence of God, who was beautiful, had all of these beautiful uh, uh, minerals in his body and instruments in his body. Why would he want to rebel against God is there provided for him? God says, all that I have is yours. So why would a celestial being rebel against God in heaven where there is no pain? There is no suffering. There is no weeping. There is no lack in heaven. So why would someone or a being, which was a celestial being, would rebel against God? Why in the world would anybody who live in the world reject God who wants to love them? You want to know why? Okay, let's read it. Isaiah chapter 14, we're going to start reading at verse 12. This is also speaking of Lucifer. This is his fall. When did he fall? He fell in between Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and Genesis chapter 2 verse 2. He fell to the earth. Now here is Lucifer again. How you are fallen from heaven. He's talking about him falling from heaven and you can't fall from something if you've never been there. So that proves he was in heaven but he's not in heaven now. Hello, somebody. So he's not there now. there now. So he fell from heaven. Oh, Lucifer gives you the name, son of the morning. How you will cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart. Now, let me just stop right there because this is the greatest issue that man has to has to deal with in his life and woman every day. is pride and arrogance. We all, we all. Somebody says he's talking about me. Not just me, but you. So we all struggle with pride. Every one of us struggle with pride. Pride will have you taking responsibility for something that you know you didn't do it. You know you had have nothing to do with that. Yeah, I was part of that. Yeah, you weren't even in town. Pride, pride you know what pride would do? Pride will make you not forgive. Arrogance will make you think you're always right. Glory to God. Did you just hit your husband there? I thought you said, boy, that's one. See? (laughs) I was like, I thought you said, boy, you better listen to pastor. You better listen to (laughs) pastor. I put them on the spot because they know I love him. I love him. I love him. But hey, you might have bumped, you know. That's what it is. Okay, it's because we ain't always right. We all—we might think we're always right. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. All right. Y'all want me to move on, don't you? Oh, you want me to stay there? Oh, I can stay right there. I can stay right there. Now I told you I can dig if you don't give me a good amen. So, so what is it about a relationship that you're in that we tend to hurt each other more than we hurt strangers? See, I told you I did, but you should have said amen. But since you didn't say amen, I might as well go ahead and did. Now it's too late now. <laughs> so, so what is it about that? Because we know each other's buttons, right? We know I know how to make her mad. She knows how to make me mad. We've been together for 23 years, married 20. So I think we know each other pretty good. We complete each other's sentences. That's weird, but we do. Because we think alike. Sometimes. Hello. Praise God. <laughs> Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You 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 just you <laughs> it's like two rams. Right? And you're trying to figure things out. So so if if arrogance and pride steps in, we never forgive. And if we don't forgive, guess what's in the center? So let me tell riddle me this back, man. Check this out. So we are both saved. I like to say in the old church, save, sanctify, filled with the Holy Ghost. Y'all remember that? when? Oh, y'all might not remember. Oh, I'm telling my history now. Praise God. That's because I was usually drunk on the back row, and I just thought that's what they said. But anyway, so here we are. We saved. We both are serving God. So in the picture of in the beginning, we're in verse 1. Uh-huh. Because we're living for God. We're serving God. God is in the center of our relationship we have a loving, intimate relationship on every level. We don't talk about that enough in the church, that you're supposed to be intimate on every level. See, now y'all are trying to put your toes up under the seat, so y'all know what I'm talking about. You're supposed to be intimate on every level. That's why we got so many marriages that are jacked up. Oh, I'm sorry, messed up. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right? Because, see, let me tell you why. Because if you're not hitting on all cylinders, you go back, she goes back, guess who's in the middle? It's not God. So what was decent became. It became something other than what God created it to be. So what you have to do is kick him out, and you have to connect. And sometimes you got to push the Bible back and start communicating. If I was white, I'd be red right now. Y'all know what I'm talking about, communicate. See, if you're single, I ain't talking to you. Because you shouldn't be communicating on that level anyway. Because the Greek word for that kind of communication is fornication. Yeah, I tell it like it is. I don't, I, I'm, I'm standing flat-footed, and I'm going to just tell you what's in the Bible. The Bible hasn't changed. Society has. And so I'm going to just preach it like it's in the Word, because I believe you came to a place to hear the truth. I'm not here to pat you on the back. I'm here to help save your soul. And so I will forfeit a relationship with you and tell you the truth. You don't have to be my friend, because I didn't, I didn't become a pastor to make friends. I became a pastor to tell the truth to the people who want to hear truth. And I'm not here to tantalize itchy ears. And sometimes the truth, the truth doesn't feel good. I know that, saints of God, but I got saved because somebody told me the truth. And they stopped lying to me. You can only get saved by the truth. Is this making sense at all? So when you are in a relationship, you got to get back to connecting with one another. And that only starts by doing one thing, and that's forgiveness. Everything is on communication. That's what your relationship with God. How many have... Ever said, I'm um, I just don't hear God anymore by show sure of hands. I just, I just I just I just don't hear him anymore. I just you know I used to pray and man, I used to get words all the time. You know, and, and you might have even said, we just don't communicate like we used to. Right? I think all of us have been there, right? Yeah, yeah. But 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 what you do is you don't go back, you press through. Yeah, yeah. Right? So if you don't hear him. Worship him more. Pray more. Oh, here's a noble cause. How about reading the word? Because if you read his word, he will speak to you. Not every time. Because there are times when I read the Bible, I get, listen to me, Alabama style. I get nothing. I'm telling you, me, Pastor John, I can read the Bible and he ain't talking, he ain't said a word. I'm like, man, I ain't getting nothing out of this. And then there are other times when he just won't shut up. I'm trying to write. I cannot write fast enough. He will wake you up in the middle of the night and speak to you. Do you have a pen and a pad next to your bed so you can write it? Because if you don't, you fall back asleep. You're not going to get it the next morning. It's gone. So God is always speaking, but we're not always hearing. Amen? And so this is how you get that relationship back. It starts with forgiveness. It starts with repenting. Amen? So I had to dig there. Y'all let me. You gave me the flexibility, so let me come back. All right, so so we're talking about Lucifer here. One thing happened to this guy. He fell from heaven, but it was a reason. Are you ready to read it? Okay, look at verse 13. It says, I, I will, I, I, somebody say I. This is Lucifer saying to God. This is Lucifer saying to God. He said, I will ascend into heaven. So which means he wasn't in heaven. So if he was already in heaven, he wouldn't have to ascend to heaven. So when Lucifer was speaking, he was speaking from the earth. He said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the furthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Somebody say pride. That's why he got kicked out. Because of pride. Now, listen, pride doesn't care what color you are. You can be black, white, Mexican, Jew, Gentile. Pride is pride. All of us have, have, will struggle with this. Why? Because when Lucifer fell, sin came to the earth. And since we all have fallen short, pride is in there. It's in there. And unless you read his word, unless you're forgiving, and unless you understand having an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, it's going to come up. And how are you going to deal with that? It happened to a celestial being that was beautiful. Don't you think it'll happen to a terrestrial being like us? If it happened to an angel, how much more will it happen to man? You see what I'm saying here, saints? Is that so... I love the, the scripture that says, you know, be careful how you stand. So before we start pointing fingers at what everybody else is doing, before we start pointing fingers at the pastor that sinned, I don't like when people say they fell from grace. I don't, I don't like that term, but they sin. It's not they fall from grace because grace is always there, but they fall into sin. So before we start pointing fingers at that pastor that's sinning, what, what are you doing? Hello? So sometimes we have to look within and see what's going on in our own personal lives. See, I'm, I'm, I want you to do some introspection here, and that's when, that's when the service get real quiet. And I know it because you're thinking about things, and you should be, something should be churning inside of your heart right now because this is a heart check. And that's what the gospel does. The gospel will make you look at yourself. And if you don't ever look at yourself, then you will judge everybody through your own dysfunction. That's what this is all about. I struggle with it just as much as anybody else. That's why I have to stay on my knees. I have to read his word and pray and ask God for his help. All of us, young people, I I can't even imagine the stuff that you guys have to go through now. We never had to face some of the stuff that you guys got to go through right now. We didn't didn't have some of the things that you're dealing with today. That's why, as adults, we got to keep this generation prayed up. We don't have time to be worrying about so much of this. We get caught up in so much stuff that is not going to bring positive things when we need to be praying for the next generation. And Stop pointing fingers and say, hey, I I just called this generation up to a whole new level. Come on, can we do that? Can we pass that torch to the next generation? But if we're not living it ourselves. So pride stepped in there and got into Lucifer. And then go to Isaiah chapter five and I'm done. This is what happens. Anytime anyone or anything rebels or rejects the presence of God, which is what he did, our world will become unstable. What do we see in the world today? Is it unstable? Do you think it's unstable? Are you seeing that the instability and in everything that's going on? Are you just, are you seeing the decisions that's being made today by our Supreme Court? Do you really understand how many Christian businesses have had to close up because they stand for morality? You're not going to see that on the news. I think some some somewhat of uh, over five, maybe 500 some businesses uh, attacked every month against people who are antithetical. Christian businesses just trying to live, just trying to make a living. You don't see that statistic on the news either. Because it's not news. But let a, let a Muslim mosque get attacked. Oh, that's everywhere. That's all over the place. You see how Christianity now, this nation is not a Christian nation. I'm telling you, it hadn't been a Christian nation in a long time. As a matter of fact, we're just now coming to grips with it. And I just happen to preach on it. That's why we as a church, we got to get serious about following God. Because we are the only hope for this nation. It stops here, saints. It stops with me and with you. Now, are you going to capitulate to what society wants, or are you going to yield to the Holy Spirit? That's the question. That's with everything. That's with every conversation, with every person, everything that I do in my life, I refuse to compromise on the standards of God. But are we going to take a bold stand like that today as Christians? I'm telling you, let me just, mm, mm. there is coming more persecution on churches. Now, if you think Charleston was something, that's getting ready to heat up a little more because there are certain churches who are standing for what's right. And society doesn't like it. What time is it? Okay, I'm going to read Isaiah chapter 5, and then I'm going to tie this in with society today. Are you ready for this? Are you sure? Is this making sense? So we have to take a stand as a church, but we do it in a loving way, guys. Hello? Because he it's in love but Christ never capitulated to what society wanted. He always stood on what his father did. As a matter of fact, he said, that which I see the father doing, that's what I do. And that's what we must do. Hello. Time is winding down. I believe that with all of my heart. It's winding down. Hello, time for us to wake up. Every young person, time for you to wake up and live for God. And I mean do it seriously. It is winding down. I don't know when, because if I did, I'd be a false prophet. No prophet knows when it's going to happen. Only Jesus said he didn't know. Only the Father knows. But whenever it happens, are you going to be ready? I said, are you going to be ready? Amen. All right. All right. All right. So Isaiah chapter 5, I'm going to read this, and we're done. I just wanted to show you this, because I believe our society today is just like the society that Isaiah had to deal with in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. It says this, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe to men mighty at drinking wine. Woe to men valiant for mixing intoxicating drink. That's all I want to read right there. The part that really gripped my soul, saints, was this was the prophet Isaiah coming to a nation much like our nation today. And he was speaking for God to the people, much like I'm speaking to you today. And the man of God says, woe to you, nation, who call evil good and good evil. You know what that is? Now Christianity is evil. You know that by our government today, Christians have been labeled a terrorist? (laughs) We're terrorists, and we're the ones that love everybody. I think the terrorist was the one that broke open into the church down in Charleston and killed nine people. That was the terrorist. A racist terrorist at that. Hello? But we're terrorists, and all we're trying to do is love people? I think not. That's why I say we're no longer a Christian nation. That's why we need to pray more, than we ever have before, saints of God, especially for this next generation.
0: We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org, that's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number 3.org, or call us at 704-821-7368, Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.